and I, ha I had an encounter with him of a level that I haven't had for probably a few years um, and I'm used to having encounters with God but in this encounter he was showing me things that are interesting um, if any of you were here Sasha also actually standing alongside me hosting was overwhelmed and I had to get her, had to, get her to host the meeting in her overwhelmed fashion um, because I never want to turn on uh, what we call a sort of a business mode of we need to get a meeting done. We, we're always going to be doing this in the power of the Spirit and whatever God's doing. Wherever he, wherever he blows, we're going we're to go. And uh, as I was lying on the floor, and it really was an awesome moment, I've chatted with Sasha since, and again, similar things. She felt this, the awe of God, in a way. And I was talking to God, and it felt similar to me to 25 years ago, um, around the time when the Toronto Blessing came through but actually we experienced some of that in October 1993 before 94 so and um, it's not the same so no it's not going back 25 years but it felt like a similar in terms of something significant happening and I felt God uh, showing me and I felt what was happening was that I felt a spiritual door was opening a new spiritual door was opening and it's, it's really important as we as we go into the future um, not just for us, but broader than that. And, um, and Steve Backland actually said something on the Friday evening at the conference. I also think on the, I think he did it repeated on the Saturday, when he basically threw out a, a prophecy where he said, um, someone here is going to memorize the book of Galatians, and through that, uh, God is going to release a, a, a further revelation. I'm using the word further revelation. I think it's the best word. Further revelation of his grace that will affect the earth. Now, that's, now I was sitting on the front row and I was sitting next to Kim. I said, well, I, don't, I don't care who else that's for, but I'm having it for me. <laughs> so you, you, you can have it if you like, but that's going to be mine. Um, and it's been interesting talking to, to, to a good number of folks over the last couple of weeks of how many people had exactly the same thought. Um, so I know David did, Sasha did. Just um, like, well, I don't care who else that's for. I'm having that. And so a number of us have been. I'm not quite sure. I'm not sure I'm trying to memorise Galatians, but I've been reading it. But it's, um, there are, I've got friends who can do that. And, um, but then actually, it was interesting. I was talking with church leaders from uh, other churches who've been at the conference, who also had the same. It had the same impact upon them. Um, so at least two other churches that we work closely with, one in, in Essex and one in South East London, uh, both of these, this impacted us, and that then they also are sort of getting hold of the book of Galatians. So as, as, a, as an idea for you, I, I suggest you start reading the book of Galatians. Seriously, it's just, I say, it's, it, and I've always called Galatians, um, in my mind, I've called the book the battle for freedom or the battle for grace. It, it is, it, if you read the book, you see it's actually all about the battle for freedom. And, the, and the, the constant battle there is of, of religion coming against freedom. Um, and that's always so. You, when you read through the New Testament, you see the gospel is a gospel of freedom. It's a gospel of grace that is, is there. It's, it, it's for freedom that Jesus set us free. So, so the gospel is meant to produce freedom, and that is the characteristic of it. And then in, in um, Galatians, in, in one set point, in, in chapter 2, it talks about people coming to spy on our freedom, to try and enslave us again. You know, people will try and enslave you with religion time and again. And that is the history of Christianity. <coughs> so... Um, that's, that's what I'm trying to put in front of you as an idea. Now, in the middle of this scenario, um, uh, Saturday last weekend, um, 
Uh, for Kim's birthday, she, she said she wanted to go and see Chelsea with me, which was a real surprise. Especially <laughs> for her birthday. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, Chelsea Flower Show. <laughs> so, 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 oh, okay, oh. so, having got over the slight disappointment, the other, <laughs> off we went to a Chelsea Flower Show. Um, Turkey Park wanted to go. Went, have been once before, and it is, it is actually an extraordinary thing. Um, and what, what we hadn't realised, because actually there's usually a build-up on the TV to Chelsea Flower Show and there's stuff going on. Um, what we hadn't realised, actually, that there was actually a special thing going on at Chelsea Flower Show. Can we bring the, the blinds down? Because I want to just show you some photos. Um, because the, the Chelsea Flower Show is actually held in the grounds of the Royal Chelsea Hospital, which is where the Chelsea pensioners live. And what had been commissioned this year was a special memorial garden to celebrate, celebrate the 75th anniversary of D-Day. Um, and uh, now we, ha- we, didn't know, we didn't even know it was actually on the programme. We just happen- happened to be passing that bit of Chelsea Flower Show when something was going on. And we realised that this thing was happening, that um, twice a day during the public uh, day, uh, days of opening for Chelsea Flower Show, they, they did an act of remembrance um, for D-Day. But more than that, they actually had um, veterans of D-Day there. For each time, they have five for everything. And they, they had this sculpture, which is amazing. Now, Joe, can we bring up the, start to bring up the photos? So, that guy was at D-Day. Not only was he at D-Day, he probably fought all the way to Berlin. Can bring the next? You can see there's four veterans there. Two, two, two sitting down and two standing up. These guys will be well in their 90s. Every one of them on the landing craft on the 6th of June, 1944. Every one of them. And this is the garden. It, it's not exactly. You can actually go online and you'll find it if you Google um, D-Day Memorial Garden. You need to put Chelsea Flower Show because there's lots of memorial gardens about D-Day. But, and now the picture is this. And can we go to the next one? Um, basically, on the left-hand side of that picture, there's a sculpture, which is of the, like the beach. With, it's a metallic sculpture with waves coming up, but also soldiers, um, statues of soldiers, some of whom are coming up the beach and some already fallen. The statue on this right-hand side is as of a veteran looking back at D-Day. And then <coughs> behind him is the sea of flowers called sea, sea, Thrift, sea Thrift, which was the, the, the last flowers that the... Uh, soldiers would have seen when they left British shores and also the flowers they would have seen when they arrived in Normandy but those flowers in Normandy were actually obliterated by all the bombs and everything so the picture here is of this guy looking back and remembering the price that was paid for the fruit of freedom to grow from there on Uh, it impacted me massively and I made sure I waited around at the front and because um, I wanted to shake the hand of one of these men and just say thank you. Thank you for the price you paid for our freedom. Not just ours, but the whole continent. 
And um, so on Thursday this week, it is the 75th anniversary of D-Day. And there's quite a lot of stuff going on on, on the, the TV. It'll be worth, worth watching it. Why is it? This, this would be emotional anyway, but that, that um, garden is going to be relocated as a permanent exhibit, exhibit to Gold Beach in Normandy. Aramarch. Now, why is that important, particularly important to us? Because that is what God has told us to be, Golda Beach, the, the beachhead for freedom with a, an angel called Gold. They're with us on this mission. And <clears throat> I just think we need to take hold of that and think about the mission that we've been given, specifically as a church, but not just us, it will come to us, but specifically as Eastgate, this is what God has put, put ahead of us. And I was in Harlem, in Holland, um, three weekends ago now. And um, it was, I was there just after uh, the week, the Sunday I was preaching was the Sunday after they'd had their Liberation Day celebrations. Um, and actually arrived on the day after the VE Day, Victory in Europe Day. Um, and I was there and I was thinking, man, these, these guys have a different idea of what it means to li- be liberated. And as I was preaching on the Sunday morning, I, just, I thought there's going to be people here who live through Nazi occupation. And uh, so I asked, and there were a number of people in that congregation as I was preaching, and I was preaching all about freedom. And... Not freedom just from our sin, but freedom to be. And I'm going to preach about that here in two weeks' time, okay? So, um, and I just, I thank these people who actually had lived through enemy occupation, a tyranny, and survived it and come out the other side, and then helped to create the future, a new future, yeah? So, and again, I, I, I was moved, I prayed with a couple of these dear old folks, and I thought, you know what, when, when they look back and, and, and think about freedom, they think of it in a different way to us. When those guys, I saw at Chelsea Flower Show last week, when they think about freedom, they have a different view. When they remember D-Day, they will remember being on the landing craft, shoulder to shoulder with their friends, willing to run out into enemy fire. Why? Because there was a job of freedom to be done. See, we we live in a world which does have, which is effectively under enemy occupation in many parts of it, spiritually. We think, you know, it, it would have been terrible to be under Nazi occupation. Yes, beyond, terrible beyond measure. How did that come about? Well, there's a spiritual reality behind that. And um, we have a job in front of us, which we've been called to be part of, is to create spiritual freedom across the continent of Europe, and I believe other to other continents, also Africa as well, God has told us about. And... Um, <coughs> We need to understand that in, in ways, and this is what I think was happening a couple, a couple of Sundays ago, that actually God is lining us up for something. 
Um, and it'll be joyous, it'll be glorious, but it'll be, I believe, we're going to have to fight. Yeah? No, remember somebody once said, Christianity isn't like a spiritual battle. It is a spiritual battle, yeah? Where does the greatest spiritual battle go on? Between your head, between your ears. That's the, that's the biggest battleground that you ever face. Learning to be free there is, is, is key. But if you're not learned to be free there, it's very difficult to help other people be free there. So, Galatians is all about that. Um, do you know that bit, like we just sung that song, I love your love? And what I love your love? He loves us, he loves us. I do love his love, but he loves us. He doesn't just love us, does he, here in this building? He loves the world, that's the point. And um, so the book of Galatians is, is, is something. But I want you to first look at Mark chapter 16. So Mark chapter 16, at the end of it, it says this. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Um, that's quite an interesting statement in itself. Um, <laughs> I won't go into that. What's it mean to preach to all creation? Um, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. Now, this is, I think I might have talked about this before, but so when it says these signs will accompany those who believe, who, who's it referring to? Just look at that context of that. Sorry? Yeah, anybody who believes. Because sometimes we think that's for the specialists. So this is not, so Jesus is telling his disciples to go into all the world and make other disciples. And those who believe, these signs will accompany those who believe. They will, in my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. Next bit. They'll pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Okay. That's normal Christianity. That's what, what, that is what it's meant to look like if you believe and follow Jesus. This is normal. We, broadly speaking, we live with subnormal Christianity. And we have a subnormal expectation of what it is for people when they believe. We need to adjust that, I believe. Yeah. We've got to start to live. Do we really believe the Bible? Okay, and then it goes on. After the Lord Jesus has spoken to them... Oh, no. Uh, there we go. Yeah. After that, the Lord Jesus has spoken to them. He was taken up into heaven. And he sat at the right hand of God. Then the next one. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. So, here we are. How many of you are going to go into all the world this week? Well, every one of us. So it's funny, I was, as I was speaking at the conference, I said, hey, you're meant to be world changers. And there was a guy who said, oh, no, not me. I'm not meant to be a world changer. Because I think sometimes when we think we're going to be world changers, you think you've got to be a missionary to, to some remote part of the globe where you don't really want to live. And I said to this guy, I said, oh, excuse me, sir, do you live in the world? And he goes, yeah, oh, yeah, I guess I do. Where does it start? So it starts at your doorstep. Where's it going to all the world? This is your daily life. This is not a missionary opportunity that will come around and go on a team every now. This is, this is it. This is life. And what signs can you expect in your daily life? All that stuff. Now, see, the stuff that those signs are things that defeat darkness. Demons going, sickness fleeing. 
got tongues. Why does, why does it say? Why is it important that you've got the gift of tongues? It's, it, because it builds yourself up. That's, that's, one of, that's one of your most mighty spiritual weapons you've got because it builds you up. It's the, only, it's the only spiritual gift that's directed at yourself. You need to be strong in the power of God. This is, this is a, powerful, it's a powerful gift. It's not just, a, it's not just the start-up gift that you, and then you build. You know. it's, it's a powerful thing. Picking up snakes? I'm not quite so sure around that. Well, it's less relevant for us, isn't it, really, in England? You know, not many snakes around. Drinking poison? I've worked that one out a little bit. See, I, I think we can expect um, to be able to enter into the, the medical world without fear of side effects. How about that? We've got some great testimonies about that, haven't we? Akin and Bola, heroes of the faith, you, you two. Do you mind if I just mention you and Hannah en route? So their daughter was diagnosed with lymph, uh, lymphoma. How was she, 11, 12? 10, when she was 10. <clears throat> had to undergo chemotherapy. Um, she had one side effect, didn't she? Which she, lo- she lost all her hair. And Bola decided that was a fashion statement, so you had your hair, head shaved as well. So that, that these, these two did a beautiful fashion statement. Now, you can correct me if this is wrong, but as far as I'm aware, Hannah didn't actually suffer side effects other than that from her chemotherapy. Is that right? And apart from days that she was having chemotherapy, she didn't miss a day of school. Was, was that right? Isn't that amazing? Wow. Amazing. <laughs> so, so, now, I, I've thought about that. That is Mark 16. These signs will accompany those who believe. Because these guys, they tackled that situation with extraordinary faith and courage. You know, that is one of your worst scenarios. Your child with a life-threatening disease. How do you tackle that? With faith, with courage, expecting signs and wonders. That's good news. This is, this, 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 this is, this, 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 you can become known as a place where this is true of Christianity. Then the, the gospel becomes a whole lot easier to preach. Because we're not trying, to, we're not meant to be trying to persuade people intellectually of an intellectual belief system. We're meant to be demonstrating the power of God and the full reality of His existence and His His impact upon our our daily lives. Now, I think that's worth fighting for. Do you think it's worth fighting for? You're going to fight for it in your own life. Number one, that's, you can't afford to be sloppy with your life. I mean, I can look at other heroes around here, over there. Nicole. Jeez, you're one of my heroes. Other people, I just know a lot of the backstories. And I was talking to God about this, you know, that I'll I'll jump forward. We've got a challenge with car parking at the moment, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, let's let's face it, it's it's a bit of a pain in the derriere, but it's, it's, I'll tell you what it is. It's, I was talking about because it is oh is this an attack well, and God said to me no it's not an attack it's a training opportunity I said what are you talking about he said, he, said, um, he said to me the church is not meant to be a convenience store if you can't have, if you can't overcome that inconvenience together yeah, it's an inconvenience. It really is, but it's not a massive battle. 
we're not willing to park somewhere else and walk for 10 minutes to be here, then I'm not sure we're fighting a battle. Did Mary say that? Just, just, oh, no, I want to park right next to the building. Well, tough, you can't. <laughs> Get on with it. You know. it's, not, it's not like we're asking you to do an SAS route march. You know, we're, we're, <laughs> <laughs> it was real, because, oh, that's a real problem. No, that's not a real problem. That's a, it's, it's an issue, but it's not a real problem. The real problem's bigger than that. And we, we, we're not meant to be here because it's nice and convenient. And I'm, Oh, I won't come if it's not convenient. You hear me on that? If, 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 if we base whether we're going to be engaged because it's convenient or not, we are not in an army. <laughs> we, no, I've said we, we just drop into the convenience store when, we, when it's useful. So, okay. So going into all the world, Paul had a, an ambition. So the Apostle Paul, because I think sometimes we, we you know, you can see it. So he basically said, I'm going to go wherever no one's heard the gospel before. So he, you know, then there are people like that. They do go into all the world. And, and there'll be people here who do that. I, I'm sort of probably one of them. And so within the next few weeks, I'll be uh, in the Faroe Islands. I've just been in Holland and I'll be in South Africa. Uh, and I would ask you to pray for me as I go and do this stuff. Pray for me, pray for the family, because actually there are battles going on. Um, particularly as we're taking mainland, mainland Europe. I'm just going to mention this. Kim actually had an accident was coming up for two weeks ago, which was potentially very, very serious. Fortunately not, but I think, whoo, hold on a minute. You know, we are in a battle. There are other stuff going on. We're in a battle. Be aware. You know, you say, oh, it's not, no, life's not easy. Hmm? Jesus didn't offer you an easy life. He offered you a comforter which does give you a clue. <laughs> it does. It says, I'll leave a comforter with you. Well, what's that mean? I, well, I guess I'm going to need comfort. <laughs> that's, that's it. It's, 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 hey. it's, it's, it's say I'm going to, you know. He's a powerful one. The Holy Spirit's with So, is that now? So, Paul, this was Paul's ambition, but then he actually gave some instructions in the book of Thessalonians to other people. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. This is... Make it your ambition. Now, this is, this, is, this is what it looks like to be ambitious as a Christian, okay? You ready? You ready? Lead a quiet life. This is the summit of ambition for you as a Christian. Lead a quiet life. Mind your own business. <laughs> I don't think that means mind your own business. I think it means look after your business. <laughs> it means, it means, it means get on with your life. It's, it's pay attention to what is your business. Work with your hands as you work. Say, so, well, well, I want to do a missionary trip. Well, work. Because normally work involves being alongside other people. Work with hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life... So this is, this is a daily opportunity. Your daily life may win the respect of outsiders. Now, that... that what, see, <coughs> I want to tell you, this was my testimony as a doctor. I decided I would be the best doctor I could possibly be. Yes. That was my responsibility. Well, with my patients, what they came for was a great doctor. Didn't come for an evangelist. 
They met a Christian who had more supplies than they knew. They did. They met a Christian who actually had some resources that weren't available on the NHS. Yeah. From which they benefited. Miracles. Signs, wonders, joy, peace. So I went about my daily life knowing I had God inside me. Everywhere I worked, I was known as the happy doctor. Because I carried joy. In the middle of what I would say is probably the most pressurised working situation I've come across. Peace, carry peace into an environment. Why? I can create an environment of peace and joy. This evening I'm going to be teaching about how you're going to be thermostats rather than thermometers. That's when I'm reading the room. Do you know? Do you know what I mean by that? See, I find a lot of Christians are good at taking the temperature of a room. Oh, got this going on. Is that going on? Problems. We're meant to be those who set the temperature of the room, not not measure it. So that's what I'm doing tonight in reading the room. Okay, so so. So I decided I was the thermostat wherever I worked. You are the thermostat wherever you are. You set, you set it. So around you, the thermostat is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Signs, wonders, and miracles. This is normal. In your daily life. <clears throat> and then it's interesting, this bit that I, I've been just studying and thinking about this last bit the last um, couple of days, so that you will not be dependent on anybody. Thought, What's that about? And I felt God was saying to me that basically that is actually that, so that actually you have resources. Yeah, if I can summarize, so that you've got resources. Why, why, do, why, why do you need resources? You need to give them away. The promise to Abraham that he would be blessed and all the world would be blessed through him. So how much blessing did Abraham expect to get? Enough, enough for the world. How much blessing can you contain? Enough to bless the world. You see, that, that's the whole point. So, so, so we're meant to have resources in here. We're not meant to be dependent people or codependent people. Your Christianity, in a mature state, you, you are ready to take on the world and you've got more than enough. Now, I understand in an army, you know, there are people get wounds, there's, there's, there's you know, the army hospitals are necessary to get people up and running. But I wonder how many wounds those guys got between the Normandy beaches and Berlin and kept going. So, you understand, I just say that we, understand, we get patched up, if you like, but we get patched up for a purpose. Not patched up to keep on getting patched up. So I believe in helping, yeah? It's really important, but we're patched up for a purpose, which is to live life in all its fullness. <clears throat> so, let's go to Galatians chapter 1. So, this is just to give you a starter, and then you can read it for yourself. But Galatians chapter 1 says... This is verse 6. Now, I want you to, to just have a look at this. And um, just, just read verse 6. What is, what, is, what is Paul astonished by? I think it says it. Paul is astonished that they are Deserting what? No, they're not. Dis- no, 
They're not deserting, they're not deserting the message. They're not deser- they're deserting God. Yeah, they're deserting God. That's, that's, that's the hard bit about that. If you walk away from the message of grace and freedom, you actually start to walk away from God. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Once we let ourselves be caught up with other stuff, once we abandon freedom, we actually take ourselves further away from the presence of God. So Paul's, he's astonished. He said, hey, you're running away from God. Now that, that's the enormity of, of, of what I'm trying to say. Galatians paints a big picture. Not just you got your message a little bit wrong, it's adjusted a little bit. He says, boom, you are getting so off track, you are deserting God. Boom. That is. That's a powerful warning, isn't it? And so the book of Galatians goes on. It says, <coughs> it says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace. So we're called to live. but God has called us to live in the grace of Christ. That's, what, that's where we're meant to live, in the grace of Christ. And that you're turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Um, again, this is something I've taught for many, many, many years, that, that legalism isn't just a sort of slightly snazzy, uh, uh, sort of less attractive form of Christianity. It just isn't Christianity. So where we mix in some legalistic stuff with Christianity, we don't have Christianity. It's like you contaminate a bottle of water. You know, <coughs> you know. So this is okay to drink at the moment, yeah? Patrick, it's all right, is it? So if I dropped a little bit of poo in there, it would only be a little bit poo. <laughs> uh, only a little bit. Seriously, only a little bit. Be mainly water. It'd be all right. It'd be all right. There's only a little bit of poo in it. You can have it back now, isn't it? See, it's not okay, is it? It's not fit to drink. We have a pure gospel that's not meant to be contaminated. You give it, offer it to people and say, I don't think so. It's not surprising people are not attracted. They say, well, there's got quite a lot of poo in there. I don't fancy it very much. Got guilt, shame, fear, judgment, punishment. That's just to name a few. Have a drink. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) Why? It's not the gospel. It's not good news. Pure water is good news. Contaminated water, not good news. It's not good news. We have to get back. Because I believe the door that's opening is this massive harvest. But if we're not preaching the right gospel, and also if we're not creating the right environment for people to be discipled in freedom, we would just create more slaves. I'm really not interested in creating more Christian slaves. I think there's plenty of them around. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But listen to this. Even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. He's quite, he's quite stirred up about this. 
As we've already said, and so on now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. That is a massive statement. We have to, well, there's a battle for the truth of the gospel. It's not just a nice idea. It's not, oh, we've got a bit of, that, that, we've got some freedom in our Christianity. Woohoo! You should see our worship. It's amazing. No, Christianity is about freedom. It's the absolute essence of Christianity. <clears throat> wow. Okay. Galatians 5 verse 1 says this. It was for freedom that Christ set you free. Wow. And later on it goes on to talk about how you use your freedom. Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather serve one another humbly in love. Is how we use our freedom is to serve one another humbly. And then loving the world around us, it says. So, here's a quote. You'll probably know it. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. If we just leave it, passive evil will encroach even further upon our world. We have authority over every aspect of darkness. We should expect to use it. Again, I, I want to talk a bit more around that some other time, but some often we're praying for God to do something when he's saying, get on with it. We need, a lot of the time you just need to use the authority you've got rather than pray for God to do something because he's already done it. And I believe we need to be trained. See, before those guys got on those landing craft, before they got on those boats, they were trained for battle. And we need to see our engagement as, in church life as, as us being trained for this battle that we're part of. So I'm just going to throw some things out. You know, there are many different sorts of soldiers, as I say. Many, many, many different. You know, there are all sorts of things. You know, there's all slimes and there's, there's... So there's all sorts of different training we need. But think of... You know, there's uh, evening school, day school, super, school of supernatural life. We've got encounter week coming up. We've got the kingdom culture course. We've got alpha courses. We've got grow. We've got dazzle. There's, there's training stuff that goes around the transformation center. There's the healing center. There's masses and masses of training here that you can engage with. Um, and one of the things I just want to dispel this is, is a sort of idea. This is a large church. Why? We want large resources. There are masses of opportunities here for you to be trained. Um, and it is we do want to be a nice place we want it to be friendly but it's not a convenience store Hope Community School we need to pray it into being Car Park we need to pray it into being the plan is that we'll have a bigger one further down the road Dave Stevens are going to tell you more about that so, so, but we need to get praying yeah? sooner rather than later would be good seriously so, are you going to take that on as a battleground for yourself can we take it on Delivery, hope, school, car parking, more facilities, resources. And one of the ways, we've got stuff going on, media, music, heaven and healthcare, loads and loads and loads and loads of stuff. One of the ways practically we're going to do, tackle this is <coughs> that we're going to, um, well, we've already started it, what we call Eastgate Growth Fund. Now, what I want you to, how you see this, the Eastgate Growth Fund is really a, 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 a um, now taken the place of the building fund. You know, over the course of 19 years, 
the congregation here saved about £2 million to enable us to have this resource. Now, we could say, hey, we've got this wonderful resource, we love it in here. Or we can try and reach the world. We've got a lovely building, great worship team, beautiful to come in on Sundays, connect groups, lovely, lovely, lovely group of people. We could be a lovely group of people, large group of people, but completely missed the point. We've got a mission, <clears throat> and in order to do that, we need resources. So coming up on the 16th, 23rd, 30th of this month, we're going to take offerings again for, the, for the, the growth fund. Now, this is where I need you to switch on, not switch off. I really do need because this is, this is important, because basically the bo- I, I, I preached about this a few weeks ago, and I'll, I'm going to send out a bit of a reminder by email is that if we don't handle worldly wealth well, we won't get the true riches of heaven released amongst us. If we're not faithful with our tithes and offerings, then the floodgates of heaven will not open. So this is really important. This is the number one part of your training. What do you do with your money? And I want you to think, right, get your tithes sorted, tithes, local storehouse, tithes, local church, offerings, what we're going to do to actually complete this mission. And I want you to start to think, how much am I going to give this year? Rather than how much am I going to give, how much will I put in the offering? How much will I put in the offering or how much am I investing in this? How much did those guys give on D-Day? See, Jesus said, you need to take up your cross daily. This is a life of sacrifice, not a life of convenience. And I'm, I, I personally, along with the directors, I, I believe that we need to actually put £200,000 a year into a growth fund that will enable us to reach the world. I'm going to to encourage you to dare to to trust God to give thousands of pounds. Okay? Kim and I, that's what we're doing. You might need to start, work your way up. Again, somebody's talking to me about tithing. If you're struggling with 10%, start with 2 and work your way towards 10. It might be you need that step. Because I want you to step out in faith, not compulsion. We're not compelling you, but I want you to step out. Step out somewhere. Get regular giving going on. Get your offerings. Pray to God. This is a part of the battle. Without that battle, we won't have the resources to do what we're meant to do. Okay. Can we bring the photo back up? There's that guy. Can I go to the next one, actually? Because there's a full... Oh, tell you what, I'll just stay on that one. Because you can see behind him the, the sculpture of a soldier. And one of a... On his left-hand side is one who's falling, who's already been shot. Can we go to the next? There's a band of brothers. Who gave their all for us to live in freedom. So here's a question. What will we be remembered for in 75 years' time? What will we remember for in 75 years' time? So I want us to stand and pray together. Now, I can't dictate the condition of your heart right now. That's your heart. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to pray for the release of Hope Community School. I'm going to pray for the release of car parking. All these things are for the fact we want to help make disciples in this world so that they will know God and freedom will reign on the earth, okay? We're on a mission together.
Holy Spirit, I pray that you would flood this place right now. Father, I pray, I'm going to pray, I pray, I pray you'd release the gift of generosity in this place. That that would be our greatest delight. Father, I release Hope Community School right now. So what we release on earth will be released in heaven. Father, I release car parking. I release new premises. I release the harvest. Wow! Father, we pray for thousands and thousands and thousands of people to come to know Jesus through our daily lives. I want, you to think, I want you to think about that as your daily life. Rather than the event that you will bring people to, I think, will your daily life count? Father, I choose for my daily life to be lived for your glory. So that other people would know you and be brought into the freedom of the kingdom of heaven for all eternity. Amen.